Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our daily reading of scripture and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Wednesday, May 24th, 2023, Wednesday of the seventh week of Easter. Today's reading is once again from the gospel according to St. John. Lifting up his eyes to heaven, Jesus prayed, saying, Holy Father, keep them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one just as we are one. When I was with them, I protected them in your name that you gave me, and I guarded them, and none of them was lost except the son of destruction, in order that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you. I speak this in the world so that they may share my joy completely. I gave them your word, and the world hated them, because they do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. Consecrate them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I sent them into the world. And I consecrate myself for them, so that they also may be consecrated. In truth. So we have a couple of concepts here I'd like to draw together. Jesus talks about wanting to protect us, his followers, from the world and from the devil. And he connects this to the topic of truth consecrate us in the truth Jesus intends to do. And he's asking the Father to do this for us. Consecrate us in the truth, protecting us from the world and the devil. Does that mean that the spirit of the world is opposed to the truth? So interesting, because we could talk about this for hours. There's so many things (laughs) that are real and true that the world does not want to know about. And yet there are so many lies that everyone wants to take on and accept. Like the lies, and and I'm not saying they do this on purpose, although a lot of times they do. When you consider television and movies, the way things go in a relationship in a 20-minute sitcom or an hour-long Netflix show or a two-hour-long movie in the theater, Versus how relationships really go in life. Um, Did you ever think that with all the communication that we're capable of in the world today, there would be a greater amount of truth? The fact that on the internet or even just using our cell phones, we can contact other countries We can talk to family and friends all over the place at all times of the day. A simple little text message or what have you. So many different ways. And now we have them on our watches too, not just on our phones. You know, the phones are tiny and they fit in our pockets and we can do anything we want with them. A computer that used to fill (laughs) an auditorium size room, a gymnasium now You can have that computer on your watch or in your pocket on your phone. And yet, despite the fact that we have things like Google where we can search anything and have an answer 
in moments. The reality is, with all this knowledge that's just everywhere at our fingertips, people don't know the truth. They don't know how to recognize the truth. They quickly believe lies and they want to believe the lies. There is a narrative that runs our society. And what's funny is that those out there that are not consecrated in the truth because they don't belong to Jesus would say this is a conspiracy theory and it's utter nonsense. But those consecrated in the truth have almost a sixth sense about it. They understand, they know, like, oh yeah, well, the media says this, but that doesn't mean that's real. Movies show this, but that doesn't mean that's real. And those consecrated in the truth spend time in prayer. I had said in a previous podcast that when I was in school, there were certain things that we were being taught that were just plain wrong. And one of the things, I mean, you know, you couldn't really argue that much with your professors because you end up getting a bad grade. But we would talk amongst ourselves about some of the things we were learning. And one of the things we just happened to notice, I mean, of course, you know, you're arguing truth in logical arguments, debating things back and forth. But one thing we couldn't help but notice was that you couldn't pray with the stuff that was garbage. It just didn't work. Whereas if you were reading a theology book, let's just say written by Pope John Paul or Pope Benedict or a saint or even just one of our many wonderful theologians in the church, you could take that into chapel. You could pray with it. You could read a paragraph and then sit there and meditate on it. So the spiritual life goes hand in hand with truth. One way we say this in theology is orthodoxy. But it's not just about orthodox theology. It's about truth, plain and simple. What is going on in the world today? What has gone on? What's going to happen? What did this person say? What did that person do? It just seems that true believers more and more have a sense of what's right and what's wrong. Sometimes we can't explain it. Sometimes it's hard to get into a discussion or an argument. We just know, oh, this is someone that I believe. This is a thing that I believe. Whereas this person, and very often for me, I don't know about everybody else, but it, it, when, when talking about secular issues, it always goes back to the pro-life debate, the debate about abortion. When they're lying about that, then why would you trust them about anything else? And then we always come to find out, you know, those that lie about that, that very crucial, essential, central issue of human life, when life begins, what murder is, what a baby is, when they're lying about that, then it just seems to come so naturally that they would lie about so many other things and that we would recognize their lies. If 300,000 people show up at the March for Life in Washington, D.C., and they report it as being 3,000, well, what's to say they're going to be telling the truth about other things, or rather just pushing their own narrative? So there's an infection of the world. The world has its own values. Jesus talks about this in a lot of different ways and a lot of different places. He says, don't worry about it, though. I've conquered the world. But the world will try to infect you. And the world is caught up in lies. And this goes hand in hand with the evil one, 
who is the father of lies. I just want to go back to our reading here. None of them was lost. I'm just looking through this reading. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Consecrate them in the truth. So the evil one goes hand in hand with the world, and the world and the evil one go hand in hand with lies. I just think of different experiences that I've had where I've been aware of demonic issues. You know, for example, more and more drugs that used to be illegal are becoming legal now. And people think, well, if the world says they're okay, then they're okay. You know, they're legal now, so there's nothing immoral about it, right? When in reality, we know things like, well, certain drugs cause brain damage. Whether they're legal or illegal, they still do. Certain drugs impair people's judgment, like getting drunk. You know, one time I was teaching a group of students and they wanted to know, other than the legality of it, what's the difference between smoking pot and drinking? And I said, well, let me do a little research. Let's just get a definitive source on this. And I called the uh, National Catholic Bioethics Center. I think now they're in Philadelphia. It used to be in Washington, I think. But anyway, I had called. This is about 10, 15 years ago. And it's funny, the priest that was answering the questions, initially he didn't even want to get into it with me because he was saying, well, isn't this obvious? But we got into it a little bit. And he himself even did a little research and he said, well, you know what? Alcohol in and of itself is good for us. That's why we put it on cuts. Alcohol has healing properties, but taken to excess too much too often. That's where it becomes, well, it could become a mortal sin. It could become, uh, you know, something that impairs our judgment could be something that does damage to our bodies, in particular the liver, but also other organs. And yeah, impairing judgment causes people to commit sins, do things they wouldn't do if they were sober. But that's when it's taken in excess. Alcohol on its own is not a bad thing. Jesus himself drank. You know, if we're talking about one or two drinks, there's no sin in that. There's nothing wrong with that. But he said, when it comes to certain illegal drugs that maybe now are becoming legal, well, there's brain damage. And there's addictive qualities that are much stronger than alcohol. A lot of different things to consider there. And so we have people today believing, well, everything's fine now, but it's not fine because they're losing you know, however you want to say it, they're losing, you know, brain cells. But another thing is, um, I, when I learned a little bit about, um, the devil and in particular demonic obsession an obsession in, in theological terms means an excessive temptation. It's more than just being tempted. It's addictive behavior. Now addictions can be caused Chemically, they can be caused psychologically, emotionally, but also an addiction could be supernatural. It's a demonic obsession. And so there have been many, many cases where someone is addicted to a drug and 
no matter what you do with this person, they can't get off of it. Until, in many, many cases, the person was prayed over. Specifically, deliverance prayers were prayed, and then the person was no longer addicted. And then all the other more worldly-type means worked to deliver the person from the addiction. Why is that? Well, we do a little research, come to find out those growing certain drugs, those making certain drugs, especially people in other countries, actually cursed the drugs. Once again, the spirit of evil, the spirit of the world, the spirit of lies go hand in hand. Here, take this drug. There's nothing wrong with it. Oh, it's legal now. There must be nothing wrong with it. It must be fine. But still, the people growing it are calling in the local witch doctor to curse it. And then we wonder why people can't get over certain things until they've had deliverance prayers said for them. Certain other things are happening in our world where we are not being told the truth. And yet our society, our government leaders are telling us a whole different story than what's true. The media is trying to control the narrative, whether we're talking about news media, social media. If you question certain things, you say certain things, you are canceled. You are reprimanded. You are blacklisted. You are blocked. It used to be we could discuss different things. And you know what? Lots of crazy things still continue to be discussed. Yeah, when they don't matter. And people say all kinds of ridiculous things. But if someone borders on the truth, a truth that maybe is for the good of others, then they're shut down. And we might ask, why? Why would someone do that? Well, maybe it has something to do with the fact that so many people in leadership, and it's not just now, it's always been the case, but it seems like now we're at a critical mass of people in leadership that when you take a look into their personal lives, they're involved in satanic practices. They're literally involved in Satanism or the Masons, which they say, oh, used to be Luciferian. Now it's Satanic. Well, heaven forbid, Luciferian is bad enough for me. Luciferian simply means in very simple terms, it's all about yourself. Whereas Satanic is like hardcore, like, no, it's about Satan. And there's people that are involved in these things and they're making decisions for the larger society. And then we wonder, oh, why did they lie to us about this or that, about things involving our health, about things involving the way a country is run, the way money, finances, banks are being run? Yeah, why would they lie to us? Why would a Satanist lie to us? I don't understand. (laughs) Do we really need this gospel reading? Honestly, but Jesus, thank God we have these readings. Thank God we have the words of Jesus. He ties it together. Lies, Satan, the world. And the world, well, there's a lot there. There's lust, there's greed, really all the seven deadly sins. People that want to make more money off of others. People that don't care if they kill others. People may be actively trying to kill others. For reasons such as, well, we make money from the number of abortions we have. We make money from selling certain drugs, even though they're bad for people. And then we can sell other drugs and tell them, oh, this is the cure. People that believe the world is too heavily populated and therefore we got to get rid of the surplus population, Mr. Scrooge. 
So thank God we have the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus says the truth will set you free. I, um, just another example, since we're on a roll here, um, I've done many high school retreats over the years and there have been times when I was doing retreats, even when the kids were very young, you know, these are Catholic kids, most of these kids and you take them to mass and I don't know, they go through the motions pretty much always what they've done because nobody ever taught them to pray deeply, but you have them on a retreat and you try to teach them to go deep into the sacraments, into meditation, into receiving the Holy Spirit. And what happens sometimes on some of these retreats is when you teach a kid to go deep in prayer, and it could be the first time in their lives they've ever experienced that, suddenly there's something that starts manifesting. I, I've just seen some incredible things, you know, kids that said they're it felt like their whole body was on fire. They start screaming. Maybe another voice starts coming out. Maybe they're just, there's something going on inside them that they can't control. They run, get up and run out of the room. Why is that? Well, they've ingested garbage. They've ingested the movies, the magazines, the radio. They've ingested a culture that's selfish and lustful. That's not consecrated in the truth. And yes, there's all kinds of demons attached to all that stuff. Maybe it's young people that have been in deeply into pornography for a long time. Maybe into drugs. Who knows what else? Maybe into occult practices, Ouija boards, tarot cards, etc. And then we teach them. We try to show them to have a deep encounter with Jesus. And it feels like their body is on fire. They, they get up and run out of the room. Why? Because that's what happens when the devil encounters the light. The devil cannot stand the light. So, and the stories are endless. The stories are endless of people just uh, entrenched in evil. Just enmeshed in things of this world that we don't think anything of. You know, we think, oh, well, Disney or whatever, you know, these are good companies. They, they help kids, stores like Target, <laughs> sports, sports teams that bring in horrifyingly evil things for their halftime shows. It goes on and on and on the list of just things we think, oh, they're wholesome. They're good. They're for kids, but they're not. They're so far from it. And when the light encounters the darkness, then you finally see it. So we ourselves need to be consecrated in the truth. If we have dabbled in any form of the occult, we need to get to confession. Confess it and be rid of it. A famous exorcist once told me, and I think he's in his 90s now, he's a good man, and I talked to him a number of times in my life. Um, but he said, deliverance prayer gets rid of evil. Confession actually closes the door. If we've dabbled in evil things, then the door might still be open, even if we've commanded in the name of Jesus for the devil to leave. So we have to keep saying these prayers, and we have to confess our sins, and consecrate ourselves more and more and more in the truth. Intellectual knowledge and arguments are so important 
but they're not the main thing. The main thing is my heart and Jesus' heart coming together. You know, that's this is also one of the things St. Louis de Montfort talks about with Marian devotion. Those devoted to Our Lady will believe the right things. They are drawn much more easily, much more fully to the truth. And they're drawn together with others, even other people they've never met before. Our Lady finds her faithful followers, draws them together, consecrates them together in the truth. We can always find, please God, we always hope to be able to find supporters in the truth and in our faith and in rejecting the world and the devil. Because you know, this is a phenomenon. It's not just a fad. It's, it's a deeper thing that if I belong to Jesus and my heart belongs to him, then he will consecrate me in the truth and the truth will set me free. So we ask our Lord to consecrate us in the truth. We ask our Lord to fill our hearts and our minds with truth so that we every day of our lives and ultimately in the end will be drawn more and more and more into the kingdom of our heavenly father. Have a great day. God bless.